We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Welcome to Yield Crime, where we discuss the funny, strange, and obscure crimes of yesteryear. I'm your host, Lindsay Valenti, and joining me is a special guest this week. It is Dom from the Horror House True Crime and Macabre podcast, right? And the yes. Macabre podcast. Yes. <laughs> I got it right. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for... Yeah. For, for giving me the opportunity to to present a little a little case very excited yes i am very excited to hear what case you've brought for us today because i have zero idea what it's about and i'm very excited so on that note i will hand the floor over to you wonderful wonderful so hello ye old crime listeners and as Lindsay said i'm dom the host of horror house true crime and the macabre I am super stoked that Lindsay has let me come on and present this case. It is a bit of a doozy, I must say. <laughs> and as Lindsay has said, I have kept it close to my chest. I like to, when I collab with people, I like to to not tell them anything about what I'm going to talk about. You know, a bit of a mystery element. You know, you get some good reactions as well. Mm-hmm. So with that being said... On my show, I do a little intro before I hit my music. So I've got a little introduction, which I'm going to do, and then I'll get into the meat and potatoes of the case. So, Lindsay, are you ready to go? Yes. Wonderful. So toward the end of his life, American serial killer Carl Panzram admitted to committing 21 murders more than 1,000 acts of sodomy and thousands of robberies and arsons. But he was far from repentant. To use his own words, for all these things, I'm not in the least bit sorry. For nearly three decades before his execution in 1930, Charles Carl Panzram committed violent acts without a shred of hesitation. Even being behind bars didn't stop him from unleashing terror, on his fellow inmates. When he was sent to prison ahead of his hanging, he assured the warden that he'd kill the first man who bothered him. And that's exactly what he did. But before the authorities could sentence Pans Ram to death, he embarked on one of the most chilling criminal careers in history. This is the case of Carl Pansram. Have you heard of this man, Lindsay? I have not. Oh, I feel like I'm in for a treat. (laughs) (laughs) You are in for something. Yeah, this this guy, yeah, this guy's something else. So let's dive in to our our man, Carl Panzram. So criminologists often blame Carl Panzram's sadistic behavior on his troubled upbringing, which was full of constant neglect and severe abuse. Good start. Starting off strong. Yes, it is. It is the classic serial killer upbringing. 
mm-hmm. neglect and abuse. So, born in June 1891, Pranzram was the son of East Prussian immigrants Johann Gottlieb Pranzram and Matilda Elizabeth Lizzie, also anglicised as Bolden, Bolden, Bold One or Bold Win Pansram, and was born into a big family in East Grand Forks, Minnesota, with Ooh. eight siblings. Yes, eight siblings, which is which is a lot of siblings. Mm-hmm. Like many middle children in that in that family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're oh, basically dear. all middle children at that point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> With eight siblings, he grew up on his family's farm. He was forced to work on his parents' farm when he was a child. Truancy regulations were enacted during his childhood, requiring parents to send their children to school. Pansram's parents were dissatisfied with their children's attendance at school during the day and forced them to labor in the fields at night, which Ooh. is only fair, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're getting Talks an education. Fair. Night work on the farm for you. <laughs> <It's> like, yeah. What? <laughs> That's <God>. madness. <laughs> Pantram later revealed that as a child, he would only get two hours of sleep before having to get up for school. And then obviously having to labor in the fields at night. So, that's, yikes. That's not, that's not enough sleep. <laughs> no. No. Like, I I can barely function on eight hours sleep. Like, and I don't yeah. even average eight hours sleep. I probably average like five. So, two is, that's, yeah, that's not enough sleep. And then you've got a whole no. day at school. And then your parents are like, yeah, you've got to also labor in the field at night, by the way. it's like these kids are just like walking zombies at this point oh yeah totally if that wasn't good enough this is a doozy this bit so if the two hours of sleep and then having to go to school all day and labor in the fields at night wasn't bad enough at home punishments would range from being chained to being starved nice as one does as one does, you know, parents of the year, bloody, mm-hmm. you know, I, sh- I shouldn't laugh because it's not funny. But still, that is, that's insane. That's rough. Yeah, that's, that is no good. No good. Mm-hmm. No happy children in the Panzram household by the sounds of this. No. So, not, <laughs> I say, not quite sure that that is particularly good parenting methods. I'm not a parent myself, but I, I, I could quite confidently say probably probably yeah. not ideal <laughs> little problematic <laughs> little problematic but yeah not quite sure this is particularly good parent and parenting methods but who am i to judge parents in the late 1800s slash early 1900s right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so pansram later said that he felt from a young age that he was not liked by other children. By the age of five or six, he was a liar and a thief and claimed that he became meaner as he grew older. Panzram was charged with being drunk and rowdy in a juvenile court in 1899. He was arrested and imprisoned in 1903 when he was 11 years old for being drunk and incorrigible which was a phrase used when holding minors. He was seven 
in when he was in juvenile court in 1899 with for, by for being drunk and rowdy at seven that's i can't picture that i mean <laughs> it's kind of funny to picture a drunk seven-year-old but at the same time it's like what <laughs> like, that's insane <laughs> how has he got uh so many questions uh, so are, many are questions swimming, swimming in my head right now <laughs> Panzram stole some cake apples and a revolver from a neighbor's house when he was 11 years old in 1903 which the so <laughs> i get the food part <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i i love how that went from something sweet and something healthy to a gun <laughs> yeah <laughs> such a leap i'm starving these apples look delicious the cake's gonna be even sweeter and you know while i'm here <laughs> i'll just take this gun with me <laughs> i mean it's just laying on the table like it would be rude not to take it right <laughs> i mean they're all just sitting right here <laughs> something sweet something healthy and something deadly exactly. diet of champions <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, Kyle. What, Kyle, what are you doing, mate? His parents sent him to the Minnesota Training, uh, Minnesota State Training Institution, which was ostensibly a reform school in October 1903. In what attendees termed the paint shop, which, spoiler alert, there was no paint involved, he was <laughs> frequently beaten, tormented, and raped by staff members according to his own book so yeah the paint shop lovely is not a paint shop (laughs) it's far from a paint shop miners were said to exit these sessions in in the paint shop covered in bruises and blood this bit made me laugh when i was note taking so panzram despised the school so much that on july the 7th 1905 he just he set fire to it without being discovered he was just like i i hate this school so i'm just gonna burn it to the ground (laughs) i mean i mean i'm not an odd i'm not an arsonist and honestly you probably shouldn't set fire to buildings i'm just gonna put it out there but a big old but i can understand (laughs) why he set fire to it though saying that just don't set fire to buildings <laughs> plus yeah, i have no it's... idea if he did so well people were inside it didn't say yeah it's <laughs> so... like we don't condone arson on this show but i can see why you'd want yeah, to yeah. burn down this school i mean yeah, i i understand i understand i i agree that there were probably different avenues he could have taken rather than just straight up burning it to the ground but <laughs> i i get it i get it carl I, I get it. Buddy. I understand the sentiment. <laughs> <laughs> I too have often wanted to burn buildings to the ground, but uh, yeah, ha- have have yet to actually act on said yeah, exactly. feelings. <laughs> you know, it's like when people go to work and they're just like, "Ah, oh, damn, the building's still standing." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's still here. Ah, oh, it's still here. <laughs> I just want a day off. God damn. <laughs> So Panzram was released from Red Wing Training School in January 1906, where he had been incarcerated after stealing money from from his mother's pocketbook. He was an alcoholic by his teens, and he was frequently in trouble with the law, typically for burglary and theft. 
at the age of 14, he ran away from home and became a hobo a few weeks after receiving his parole and two weeks after attempting to murder a Lutheran pastor with a handgun. That escalated quickly. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. He's just like, so I'm just going to steal some money from mum's pocketbook. And, you know, I'm just going to... To fuel my drinking habit, probably. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, I'm just, just going to use it to to fund my alcoholism. And I'm just going to do some burglaries, do some thefts. And then I'm just going to run away from home. Uh, and, but I'm also going to shoot a Lutheran pastor with a handgun. Just to... Just to <laughs> You know, just to change it up a little bit. <laughs> As like, one what? does. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> I relate to you, Mr. Pansram. <laughs> I, I too have wanted to murder a Lutheran pastor. <laughs> um, <laughs> age 14, I remember it well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. He... <laughs> He often travelled via train cars, during which he claimed to have been gang-raped by a group of hobos aboard a train. Yikes. Yeah, <laughs> that that also escalated even further. Yeah, yeah. Oof. So a pretty, not an ideal early life for old Carl Panzram. Pretty um, grim. Uh, pretty upbringing. bad. yes pretty bad i i can't say that i would have liked that upbringing i'll be honest so so yeah not 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 great but maybe he can maybe he can turn things around right maybe he can maybe he can make something positive of himself maybe he can ride the rails to you know to the big city and make something of himself you know maybe he can he can chase the american dream in new york or in another big city yep. the answer to that is no <laughs> i was gonna say um i don't think the story ends here so <laughs> a, a a big fat no on on that one as as you may have guessed pantram stated after escaping from a montana state reform school he and an inmate called jimmy benson committed a series of thefts robberies and arsons across the midwest until they split up Pansram enrolled in the United States Army in 1907 at the age of 15 after getting intoxicated in a Montana tavern. I don't know how that ends with you enrolling in an in the United in the United States Army, but okay. At 15. <laughs> Can you imagine? Just like how did your night go? Oh, I was it was wild. I woke up and I was a I was in the United States Army. <laughs> I just don't know. It's like <laughs> That must have been a really rough-looking fifteen-year-old if he passed as old enough to right. be able to enlist in the army. Right. Like, what kind of right? What kind of rough life did you lead, kid? That's man. Man had those eye bags at the age of fifteen. <laughs> Gray hair, wrinkles, <laughs> like crow's feet. He had the lot. <laughs> he was convicted of larcenery shortly after and spent a jail sentence at the United States uh, disciplinary barracks at Fort Leavenworth from April the 20th 1908 to April the 20th 1910. His sentence was approved by U.S. Secretary of, uh, of War William Howard Taft. 
Pantaram would later claim that any goodness he had was stamped out during his time at Leavenworth. Howard Taft also, or William Taft also comes back into this story in quite a funny way. I'm not going to lie. Oh, Tafty. Oh, Tafty. He was, I mean, I don't. He was, he was a funny. Was he? I I say (laughs) old Tafty, but I mean, my, my understanding of American presidents is not strong. I'll admit. As you can probably tell by my accent. <laughs> he was one of our um, larger presidents, and he actually had a special bathtub installed in the White House so he could take what? baths because he was uh, he was such a large man that he needed a specially made bathtub. So. <laughs> So if you take anything away from William Taft's presidency, know that he was the man that had the giant bathtub installed. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh dear, that is that's actually made my evening. Oh my goodness, <laughs> man! It needed a system to get himself into a bath. <laughs> yep. I just oh, pictured it as one of those giant, like, horse troughs, you know, like the giant. <laughs> That's what I'm picturing. <laughs> oh, dear. So, Panzram resumed his job as a thief. I like how I put that as he resumed it. He went back to his career <laughs> as a thief. <laughs> not, not the most stable career. The benefits aren't very good. The pay is not great. You know, no. I don't think the four hundred one k. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. No sick pay. Uh, no dental. No, d- don't. You know, don't don't pursue your career path in this field, guys. <laughs> so he resumed his job as a thief after his release and dishonorable discharge. He was he was caught and imprisoned several times for stealing items ranging from bicycles to to yachts, even. Wow, that's qu- that's quite a wide spectrum of things. <laughs> yeah, stealing bicycles to just a whole goddamn <laughs> yacht. <laughs> how do you how do you expect how do you steal a yacht and expect to get away with it? It's it's a fucking boat. It's a massive boat. <laughs> I just picture him like riding onto the yacht with his stolen bicycle, and then he like. <laughs> pulls up the plank or whatever and he's like this is mine now toot toot and then just kind of like rides away <laughs> on the boat <laughs> so that's too oh i i remember when i was outlining that tickled me so much i was just like <laughs> how do you go from stealing a bike or a bicycle to a fucking yacht <laughs> and like how how did he think nobody like the the, the guy who's whose yacht he steals just like goes to bed one evening he's like ah i've got such a nice yacht it's going to be safe there it's going to be there in the morning when i wake up and he just wakes up in the morning he's just like oh my yacht's gone (laughs) and there's just a bike there (laughs) it's just a bike there (laughs) do you reckon that was his calling card every time he stole a yacht he just left a bicycle behind (laughs) i don't know where my yacht went but there's this random bike here (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh dear so he he would serve time under his own name and various aliases in 
Fresno, California, Rusk, Texas, The Dales, Oregon, Harrison, Idaho, Butte, Montana, Montana State Prison, Oregon State Penitentiary, Bridgeport, Connecticut, Sing Sing Correctional Facility, Clinton Correctional Facility, and Washington, D.C. I don't know about all the other ones, but I know Sing Sing was not a place you wanted to end up. No, I've heard plenty of horror story about Sing Sing. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a lot of prisons. <laughs> yeah, and that's a widespread of the U.S. too. Like I know, man, man just wanted to travel. <laughs> so it was just, I just want to travel, and this is the most convenient way for dudes to do so. I get meals, I get a bed, <laughs> like it's all good. <laughs> yep. Oh dear. So Pan's Ram would routinely assault cops and refuse to obey their commands while jailed. Probably not a good idea. It's not going to really help you in getting out any Wouldn't recommend. (laughs) No. Uh, uh, Officers often retaliated (laughs) by subjecting him to beatings and other forms of punishment. You You would think after the first few he would have learned that it's not yeah not the best idea to do that but it just you do you it, carl <laughs> you're doing great sweetie <laughs> <laughs> it just reminds me of that spongebob episode where like he's getting bullied and he gets like really like paranoid and like he sort of runs through town being like he's coming to kick my butt and then the camera just like pans to this old guy on a bench and then like the (laughs) citizens are just like how many times do we have to teach you this lesson old man it just (laughs) just just, i could just picture the officers just beating pans around being like how many times do we have to teach you this lesson stop assaulting us because you're just gonna get beaten up (laughs) It's, it's like do you really think this is going to work? <laughs> you think this is going to work out for you? Look, Carl, we've been through this before. <laughs> I'm getting bored of this now. <laughs> my 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 baton can only dish out so much so much punishment. <laughs> yep. So in his autobiography, Panzram wrote that he was rage personified and that he would often rape men whom he had robbed. Oof. Okay. He was, he, yeah, right. All right. All right, Carl. He was known for his massive stature and physical strength, which benefited him in overcoming most men he encountered, thanks to years of hard labor at Leavenworth and other institutions. Yikes. So Carl's a really nice guy, isn't he? Super nice. For some reason, I was ass- I was assuming he was really small. So hearing that he's really big is kind of like mind blowing. But because uh, you know, like there's the little man rage syndrome. You know, like yeah, yeah, it's about kind of like little dog syndrome. It sounds like one of those sort of ankle biter dogs, doesn't he? <laughs> no, that's what he you does. Expect. Yeah. But no. Um, he. I I did Google a few. Or when I googled when I googled him, I did look at a few photos. And he, he did look like pretty hefty. I I would agree. Like he was he was a pretty sizable man. Oh, pretty sizable. So you know he's probably just overcompensating for something. He's got a Maybe. tiny penis. 
<laughs> probably just really angry about it one of the rare instances he did not engage in illegal activity according to his own admission was when he worked as a strike breaker against union personnel he attempted to join on as a ship steward on an army transport vessel but was dismissed after reporting to work inebriated don't report to work inebriated man <laughs> again don't... carl again like, carl think this through <laughs> <laughs> make good choices <laughs> just I, I love how i love how it was like this this one occasion or this one of the rare occasions he didn't engage in legal activity it was as a strike breaker against union personnel so it's like yeah you, you didn't engage in illegal activity but you still i mean it's not exactly a noble thing it's not exactly a noble line of work is it like, no no <laughs> oh carl such a rascal. What are we going to do with you, boy? <laughs> you little scamp. <laughs> you little you little scamp. <laughs> In his uh, 1929 autobiography, Pantram stated that in the winter of 1910, after completing a short sentence in Rusk, Texas, he proceeded to... He went to Mexico. I'm, I'm not okay. even going to embarrass myself by trying to... That was like four separate Mexican town names and um, i wouldn't have been able to say them either so it's he went he proceeded to mexico guys right (laughs) he he went to mexico to try and join the federal mexican army okay weird flex but all right i know (laughs) i know he boarded a train at del rio texas and disembarked in a little village 50 to 100 miles east of el paso He later claimed to have kidnapped, attacked, kicked and strangled a man about a mile outside of town, then stole $35, which in 2022 money was $1,664.50. Wow. Holy inflation, Batman. Wow. (laughs) That's, That's mad. That's such a mad difference in... In value, God. $35 in 19, whatever, 1910. That's insane. Wowza. So Panzram, using the identity of Jefferson Davis, which is such a random one to go with. I don't know why, but I don't know why I find it as random as I do. But I was just like, Carl Panzram, Jefferson Davis. Okay, was arrested in Fresno, California in the summer of 1911 for stealing a bicycle. Yeah, the bicycle stealing is back. <laughs> man is man is back on his bicycle stealing. <laughs> you never forget. You never forget you never how forget. to ride as soon as you go no. on. <laughs> Just get back no. on. <laughs> That's it. He got back on his bike. He was given a six-month sentence in county jail but he managed to escape after 30 days. Fair play. Like it was just like, yeah, I'm I'm going to I'm going to I'm out in 30 days. And they're just like, "No, you <laughs> you've got a 6-month sentence." And he's just like, "No, I'm out in 30 days." <laughs> I'm going to say no. I got <laughs> yeah. I got more bikes to steal. I got places to go. <laughs> he's he's like, "So you say 6 months." <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going what to say about 30, 30 days. days? <laughs> <laughs> Hear me out. 
<laughs> so Pants Ram was arrested in the Dales, Oregon. I, I think I might. I I'm fairly sure that's not pronounced Dales. It's spelt D A double L E S. So I'm gonna. I'm, I think it's Dales, Dales, Oregon. It, it, yeah, that sounds right. It sounds right. I'll go with that. I don't know either if that makes you feel better. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> I was hoping that you might. <laughs> we can be wrong together. It's fine. <laughs> I have an excuse. I'm I'm from the good old UK. <laughs> I'm bad at geography, so. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I can't pronounce a lot of UK names and I live in the country. So it's... Panzram was arrested in the Dales, Oregon in 1913 under the identity of Jack Allen for highway robbery, assault, and sodomy. After two to three months in prison, he escaped. He went by the alias of Jeff Davis while on the run. He was apprehended in Harrison, Idaho, but escaped county jail once more. Wasn't he already Jeffrey Davis? (laughs) Didn't he use that one? Or no, it was Jefferson. It was Jefferson Davis. And now he just made it Jeffrey. Okay. Right? Oh, no. He he did use Jefferson Davis again. (laughs) Why did he use the same one twice? I don't know. He's like, like, I like this name. (laughs) (laughs) It's so great. I want to use it again. (laughs) Oh, God's sake. You're not very good at this. (laughs) You're so bad. How are you still so bad at this? <laughs> Maybe consider a new career because this is not, this is really not it, is it? Oh, man. When they um, were giving out careers at career day, obviously, this was the only one that he had. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to do this. <laughs> I also love that he he fled from like another three prisons. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, granted, guys, I got places to go. Right. Granted, you also got arrested three more times. So (laughs) (laughs) he's still not great, but he did manage to escape. He he was just like, he saw into the future and he was like, so Ted Bundy escaped this many times. I'm going to outdo Bundy before Bundy's even born. And I'm going (laughs) to escape this many times. <laughs> I can outdo that schmuck. Watch. Watch this. <laughs> and then he jumps on his bicycle. Yeah. Rides away. Rides away. Finds a yacht to steal. <laughs> so, so, um, so, yeah, as I say, under the identity of Jefferson Davis, he was apprehended in Chinook, uh, Montana, and sentenced to one year in jail for burglary, which was to be served at the Montana State Prison. Pansram was admitted to the state jail in Deer Lodge, Montana, on April the 27th, 1913, again, again under the alias Jefferson Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Stop using that alias. For fuck's sake. (laughs) It's worked for you so well up until this point. (laughs) Right. I just love that he keeps going back to Jefferson Davis. (laughs) Like, what is it about the alias that he just loves so much? I don't get it. 
So on on November the 13th, he managed to flee again. He was caught for burglary in Three Forks within a week, giving his name as Jeff Rhodes. Finally, oh. he was just like Jefferson Davis isn't working, so I'm gonna I'm gonna change it. I'm gonna change it up, and he changed it, or he gave his name as Jeff Rhodes. For one additional year, he was held at Deer Lodge. On March the third, nineteen fifteen, he was released, and on June the first in Astoria, Oregon, Panzam broke into a home and was apprehended while attempting to sell some of the stolen things. <laughs> this, uh... <laughs> this man Fire is Fire sale. <laughs> Would you like to buy this couch? <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you trying to... Why are you trying to sell the things that you stole? Uh... <laughs> it, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> If I'm ever, like, I'm not very good at my job, I'm just going to think of this guy and I'm going to be like, actually, no, I'm not that bad. <laughs> at least I'm somewhat capable. But, like, at this at this point, I think Pansaran was either just a shitty criminal or he just, like, saw prisons and jails as, like, this just massive escape room. <laughs> he was just like, I'm, I feel like, I feel like, go into here just to see if I can escape it. Or both. Maybe both. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but he just either way. The, just like the challenge of trying to escape from prison. Yeah, that's it. He was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm, maybe, maybe he was just like, maybe he was just part of the prison system after. This was like him working as like an advisor. Being like, so I escaped from your prison and this is where I think that you could improve things, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like maybe he was just like an independent contractor to see like how escapable <laughs> how escapable these prisons actually are <laughs> and so he didn't try very hard at the at the jobs that he did to the end yeah, exactly. with him getting arrested exactly maybe this was why he was just he was just constantly getting arrested and going to prison because the prisons were like so we need to test our security <laughs> Could you just commit a crime, Carl? Please, like, go and go and steal a bike or sell some stolen goods. Like, do something. <laughs> uh, oh my, my man! What, what are you? What are you doing? What a scamp! What a rascal! Under under the name Jeff Baldwin, he was sentenced to seven years in prison to be served at the Oregon State Penitentiary in Salem, where he was taken on June the 24th. Warden Harry Minto believed in harsh treatments of inmates, which included beatings and isolations, among other disciplinary measures. Later, Pansram stated that he swore he would, would never do that seven years, and I defied the warden and all of his officers to make me. Bold words. All right. That's right. That's extremely bold. Extremely bold. It was just like, <laughs> so you say seven years. I'm going to give you 30 <laughs> days. <laughs> Let's meet somewhere in the middle. The middle being 30 days. <laughs> Carl, I think you're being a bit unreasonable. I don't. <laughs> You're being unreasonable. Seven years. Yeah. <laughs> all I did was 
was trying to sell some stolen stuff. <laughs> 30 days, guys. Come on. <laughs> that bike was just lying there. You don't know if it was mine or not. That yacht didn't belong to anybody. What are you talking about? <laughs> Pansram then assisted fellow inmate Otto Hooker. Oh, well, that's an unfortunate name. In escaping the prison. That's just almost, that's on the level of, of old Adolf. Yep, <laughs> there you go. That we covered earlier. <laughs> Escape. I mean, yeah, that's, that's pretty bad. Otto Hooker. Yeah. In escaping the prison later that year, Hooker killed a Minto while escaping to elude capture. Pansram's first known involvement in a murder as an accessory before the fact was was that incident of of Hooker killing Minto. He falsely stated his age as 30 and his birthplace as Alabama on his prison record. His sole honest statement was that, or his sole honest statement, sorry, was when he described himself as a thief. I don't know why you'd want to be born in Alabama. but I was about to say, I, I don't know why you would willingly change your place of birth to Alabama. Uh, Alabama <laughs> like I just, I just don't really don't really don't really understand that there goes my listenership in Alabama <laughs> how dare you right please don't leave me Alabamians <laughs> Alab- Alabamans <laughs> Alabamans <laughs> Alabamans <laughs> <laughs> before before escaping on September the 18th, 1917, Pansram was reprimanded multiple times at Salem, including 61 days in solitary confinement. 61 days. Holy fuck. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's a lot. That's a lot of that's, time in literally, yeah. a, literally a box, <laughs> like, essentially. Oh, my God. That would drive me insane, I think. Well, and I'm imagining that back then... It would have just been kind of like a dark pit, like yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like probably yikes. Yeah, like, and obviously you're going to be in there like twenty four hours as well, in a dark room with no light. <laughs> like that sounds pretty bad. Like I'm I'm quite introverted anyway, and I'm I'm quite I'm quite happy with my own company, but I think that's a bit much even for me not gonna lie yeah i don't yeah don't, i don't fancy it <laughs> that's a no, no from me i'm afraid no that's a pass for me <laughs> right so he was recaptured and sent to prison after two shootouts in which he attempted to kill chief deputy sheriff joseph from he escaped prison once more on may the 12th 1918 by soaring through the bars of his cell and catching a freight train traveling east. He saw through the bars of his cell. What did he saw through the bars of his cell with? I know, I was just like... How did he get a saw? <laughs> I have so many he, questions. Did he have one of those, like, cakes? You know how they would, like, bake a file into, like, a cake in, like, old cartoon cartoons? Oh. <laughs> and they Maybe. would send, like, a, a <laughs> cake to somebody with, like, a little a file. And they would, like, file down the bars of the... Maybe, maybe. I mean, like I'm, I'm thinking, something... I'm thinking there's there must have been some contraband like involved or like through the bars. Or if he was doing like hard labor or something outside, he just like brought the saw in with him, snuck it down his pants or something. 
maybe it's a risky game to play <laughs> I'll it admit. is <laughs> it's also risky to put a saw in the hands of prisoners yes but yes so that might have a stretch but <laughs> so many questions right now <laughs> to modify his appearance he would change his name to john o'leary and would shave off his mustache he'd never he would also never go back to the northwest I don't think changing your name and just shaving off your mustache is going to do a lot. No, but I think avoiding the Northwest is probably a good idea, considering you've been in a, yes. <laughs> a good chunk of the prisons in that yeah, yeah. pocket of the country. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at this point, it's like, what prison has he not been in? in the exactly. <laughs> he would allegedly arrive in New York City and obtained a seaman identification card and proceeded to Panama on the steamship James S. Whitney. He attempted to hijack a small boat with the assistance of a drunken sailor who killed everyone on board before being apprehended. Woof. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know if, if that was like... Maybe I don't know if killing everyone on board is probably a good move. Yeah, especially if you're Pantram's literally Pan, right? <laughs> Pantram's just like I just wanted to steal the boat. You didn't need to shoot everybody. <laughs> For fuck's sake. I'm now, now I'm gonna have to change my name again. I'm gonna have to do this. I'm gonna be put in jail again. God damn you, Dave. He probably wasn't called Dave, but still, <laughs> fuck's sake, Dave. <laughs> now I'm going to have to grow my mustache again. All right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great, he's just like, God damn it. I just, I literally shaved my mustache yesterday. Fuck. <laughs> so Pansram went to Peru to work in a copper mine while he was still free. He went on to Chile, Port Arthur, Texas, London, Edinburgh, Paris, and Hamburg following that. So, you know, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of jealous how much traveling this guy did. <laughs> like, yeah, no fucking kidding. going everywhere. Like, holy hell, he's living a better life than me. Seen more of the world than I have. Right. <laughs> Fuck's sake. I, I'm obviously in the wrong career path. Screw the podcast. I'm, I'm going to become a criminal i'm not <laughs> not gonna be don't take bike that thief. don't you heard you don't, heard it here first bike feet right <laughs> someone's gonna someone's gonna sound bite that <laughs> oh dear <laughs> so so he robbed a bank in newport rhode island in 1920 also in 1920 pansram broke into the william h taft mansion in new haven connecticut where obviously William Howard Taft, the former president of the United States, lived. <laughs> Not sure how how well advised that was. Pansram believed Taft was to blame for his detention at Leavenworth. He made off with a huge sum of money, bonds and Taft's Colt M191145 caliber handgun. I mean, say what you want about this guy. 
but he literally broke into the house of the former president of the US of A and was just like, I'm going to steal all your money. I'm going to steal your bonds. I'm going to steal your gun. He got him while he was in the bath. He couldn't get up and chase him. (laughs) There was nothing Taft could do. He was like, damn it. (laughs) Uh, Please don't steal anything. I'm in the bath. That sounds like a you problem, Taft. (laughs) Sorry, mate. These bonds, I'm going to take these. And the gun... I'm going to take your money too. <laughs> you enjoy your bath. Have fun with your bath. Don't stay too long. Don't get too pruney. I'll go and get your rubber duck. I'll throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> so Pantram embarked on an eight-year murder spree that covered many countries. He would buy the Akista yacht with the money that he stole from Taft. He also enticed sailors away from New York City taverns, got them drunk, raped them, and then shot them with Taft's revolver and dumped their bodies at Execution Rock's lighthouse in Long Island Sound. Wow, that escalated real quick. Yeah, that went from like zero to 11, didn't it? I have this boat. Why don't you come on my boat? It's nice here. (laughs) I'll take us to the lighthouse. Nothing bad will happen. Believe me, nothing bad will happen. Nothing Why is there shifty. so much it's blood here? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Oh dear. He claimed to have he claimed to have killed ten men. The sailor murders ended only after the Akista ran aground and sank near Atlantic City, during which his last two potential victims escaped to parts unknown on october the 26th 1920 pansram using the pseudonym john o'leary was arrested in stamford connecticut for burglary and possession of a loaded handgun he would went back to the o'leary one he did he did he he did go back to the o'leary one obviously he finally realized that fucking jefferson davis (laughs) jefferson davis jefferson starship Jefferson Airplane, whatever one it was, was 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 doing him absolutely no no favors no whatsoever. I mean, that's what you get for using the same pseudonym like five times <laughs> in states that <laughs> are idiot. adjacent to one another. So uh, yeah. not the smartest move on your uh, part. He wasn't good uh, with geography dear. either, apparently. No, no. No, he was not. So, yeah, he would serve six months in jail in uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut in 1921. So Pansram boarded a ship bound for southern Africa and arrived in Luanda, the colonial Portuguese capital of Angola. Pansram was the foreman of an oil rig in Angola in 1921, which he he later burned down out of spite. <laughs> what, why, such, why is he? Why is, that is such is a Carl move. I know. <laughs> oh, classic Pansram. Classic Carl. Classic I hate Carl. school and I hate oil rigs. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would love to know, like, what what was this spite out of? <laughs> 
<laughs> Did you just not like the oil rig? He's <laughs> just like, I, I hate this fucking oil rig. I'm going to burn it to the ground. <laughs> I hate that I'm making an honest living of myself. Finally, I want to steal bikes I, again. I just, uh, I just, I can't with this man, honestly. <laughs> so later... He stated that while in, Ga- while in Angola, he raped and murdered an 11-year-old boy. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's, not, that's not good. That's not cool. That's not cool. <laughs> Everything is not cool about Carl Panzram. I mean, I mean um, it's all bad, but uh, it's, yeah, it's the kid stuff, not, not, that's a whole the, the new level stuff. of not good. Yeah, the kid stuff is not good. So in his confession, and this this will this will entirely change your mind about Karl Panzram. You're going to love him after this quote. In his confession to this murder, he would write, and I quote: "His brains were coming out of his ears when I left him, and he will never be any deader." Just going to let that hang. <laughs> very very poetic, right? It's, He's such a way with he's such a way with words. An absolute wordsmith was Carl Panzram. Like good, good grief, <laughs> good grief. He also he he also claimed that he hired a boat with six rowers, proceeded to shoot the rowers with a Luger pistol, and then threw their bodies to the crocodiles. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Who's gonna row your boat, Carl? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly exactly like he's, he just he's, he just sort of throws them overboard into the crocodiles then he's like ah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> did, i forgot didn't I forgot. think this one through <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just like um i needed them to row the boat <laughs> <laughs> ah <laughs> Hindsight's right. always twenty twenty, Carl. Right. <laughs> That's why you think things through, Carl. Don't just act. Don't just act. Like think things through before you do them. God's sake, because now, now you've got nobody to row your boat. The, the, the people that that were rowing the boat have now been eaten by a crocodile. Like, come on, come on. That's why we use our brain, Carl. That's why we. That's why we use our heads. Oh, dear. <laughs> Didn't you learn anything in school while you were on two hours of sleep? Like, did nothing penetrate? <laughs> How come you didn't fit any study time in your early childhood? <laughs> Mate, I slept for two hours, went to school all day, and then was forced labor on the fucking farm. It's like so you should have fit fitted in some book learning. <laughs> At least learn cause and effect, Carl. Right. <laughs> oh dear. So Panzram said that he would rape and kill two minor boys after returning to the United States beating one of them to death with a rock on July the 18th, 1922 in Salem, Massachusetts. Ma- Massachu- Massachusetts. There you go. Massachusetts. I, there we go. I, I kind of got it. <laughs> Salem, Mass. 
there you go because <laughs> that's all i can pronounce <laughs> and <laughs> and strangling the other one later that year in new haven so wait he kept the other one so did he kill one with a rock and then he kept the other one i couldn't find if he did or not i don't know if he like let him go and then came back and finished yeah, the job he might, yeah that's what i'm Ugh. leaning towards that's what i'm leaning Yikes. towards which was which is a bit of a dick move yeah i mean ki- i mean killing them either way and raping them is is very much a dick move yeah but yeah i yeah i'm thinking i'm thinking that he he raped him and then he let him on his way and then he just came back later at some point and decided to strangle him because <sighs> he's not a massive piece of shit Panzram worked as a night watchman at the Abiko Mill in Yonkers, New York. That name always makes me makes me giggle. Yonkers, New York. Yonkers. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> north of Manhattan, after his murders in Salem, he would have sex with George Wallison, a fifteen-year-old boy. Aww. Yeesh. He took a yawl in Providence and sailed to New Haven looking for individuals to loot and rape, as well as boats to steal. He would steal a yacht belonging to the New Rochelle police chief in June 1923 in New Rochelle, New York. That's a hell of a move, deciding to steal a yacht that belongs to the police chief. Yeah, that's a, a bold move. Yes, that is extremely bold. Not smart, no. But Pantram, as we have found out, is is not not the sharpest, the sharpest tack. <laughs> no, he's not a sandwich short of a picnic. He's the entire picnic <laughs> short of a picnic. <laughs> he's the picnic that you forgot at home. Right, exactly. Yes. The picnic is non-existent. <laughs> so Wallacein was picked up and promised a job on the boat. But instead, he was sodomized. Mm. Worst trade deal in the history of trade deals. Yeah. Not gonna lie. Promised a job? Like, oh, that's awesome. Sodomized instead? Not so awesome. Yeah. Not so awesome. So Panzram claimed that he killed a man attempting to rob him aboard the yacht on June the 27th on the river near Kingston, New York, with a 38 caliber pistol, which was stolen. The body was thrown into the river by Panzram. Panzram and Wallison would arrive in Poughkeepsie, Poughkeepsie, New York? Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie, New York, mm-hmm. on June the 28th. Panzram took fishing nets worth $1,000 during this time. Yikes. What kind of fishing nets are worth $1,000? What, what are these fishing nets made out of? I was going to say, are they woven from like unicorn hair or? <laughs> like, what? Like, are they like pure diamond? Like, that's madness. Absolute madness. Yeah. I like how I like how we're both like, this is the most bizarre bit of this case. <laughs> the fishing nets that were worth one thousand those nets are so expensive <laughs> so wallacein who had witnessed the murder the day before would leap overboard and swam to shore in new newborough new york 
Panzram had sexually assaulted him and he reported it to the Yonkers police. Good move, Wallison. Mm -hmm. Very good move. So Captain John O'Leary was the suspect of a search and obviously that was the name that Panzram was using. Mm -hmm. And John O'Leary was apprehended in Nyack, Nyack, New York, Nyack, New York, N-Y-A-C-K, Nyack. Nyack. I'm going to go with Nyack, New York. Yeah. Nyack, New York on June the 29th. Panzram attempted to flee from prison on July the 9th. In exchange for bail money, he <laughs> would then defraud his lawyer by giving him possession of a stolen boat. Panzram solid. failed. <laughs> right. Solid payments. <laughs> solid, solid tactic there from Panzram. Just, you know, just defraud your lawyer. <laughs> Panzram failed to appear in court and the boat was seized by government officers. On August the 26th, O'Leary, Panzram, was arrested in Larchmont, New York after breaking into a train depot. Three days later, on August the 29th, O'Leary slash Panzram was cleared as a suspect in the stabbing death of Dorothy Kaufman in Greenborough, New York, which was committed a month prior. However, he was given a five-year jail sentence for his other crimes. He confessed to using the pseudonym Jeff Baldwin and that he was sought in Oregon while in county jail. Panzram was incarcerated as inmate number 33379 in Clinton Prison in Danamora, Dan Danamora, New York in October. He was released in July 1928 and that summer in Baltimore, Maryland, he uh, allegedly committed another murder. Stop murdering people. Panzram. Yeah. <laughs> Just stick to the yachts and the bikes that you're used Just to. Just stick to... <laughs> Just I stick to theft. I, I appreciate the... I don't know if the intentional... Well, I don't know if the TLC reference was intentional yep. or unintentional, yep. but I appreciate <laughs> it either way. <laughs> so Panzram was arrested in Baltimore on August the 30th, 1928, for a burglary in Washington, D.C., when he stole a radio and jewellery from a dentist's home on August the 20th. He would admit to killing three young boys earlier that month, one in Salem, one in Connecticut, and a 14-year-old newsboy in Philadelphia during his interrogation. Ooh. It was confirmed that Panzram confessed to killing a young a youngster at Pier 28 on League Island near Philadelphia in August 1928. <sighs> <laughs> so many kids. I know. The the murder of a young kid, another one, another one mm -hmm. in Charleston, Charleston, Massachusetts was not corroborated by Boston police. Panzram would later state that he had considered mass murder and other acts of mayhem, such as poisoning a city's water supply with arsenic or sinking 
a British battleship in New York Harbor to start a war between the two countries. Wow. That's extreme. Poisoning a city's water supply or sinking a battleship to start a war. Who do you, wow. How was he planning to sink the battleship? I That's what I want to know. know. I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. Plus, look, Carl, don't fuck with us Brits. Yeah, like we may be, a, <laughs> we, we may, we may be a docile, polite bunch for the most part. But like the Royal Navy, the Royal Navy gonna fuck you up. <laughs> like the yeah. Royal Navy is gonna fucking gonna fuck you up. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how he expected to sink a battleship. <laughs> no idea. I, I don't know. <laughs> In light of his extensive criminal record, Panzram was sentenced to 25 years to life. Upon arriving at Leavenworth Federal Penitentiary, he would warn the warden, I'll kill the first man that bothers me. It's, it's, that's a hell that's a hell of an introduction like mm-hmm. the warden's just like uh, and hello to you too carl <laughs> welcome back to leavenworth great to see you <laughs> taff says war- hello warden, the warden's just like oh carl <laughs> <laughs> i'm not angry i'm just disappointed <laughs> <laughs> You had so much potential. <laughs> so he was sent to work. The He was sent to the prison uh, wash facility to work where the foreman, Robert Wonk, Wonk, Wonky, Wonky, uh, I'm going to go Wonk, had a reputation for bullying and harassing other inmates. Despite Pan's Ram's repeated warnings to back off robert would quickly enrage him so the only in the only logical response to this panzerheim would kill him with an iron bar on june the 20th 1929 i mean he did say i mean that is a fair he that is a fair point he did give him repeated warnings to just back the fuck off otherwise you see this you see this iron bar (laughs) you see this iron bar right here yeah and you know don't be a bully Especially to inmates. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, life lesson. You, you would think that, like, convicted criminals would be the last people that you bully. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. This Don't is a great bully. idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nothing yeah, bad's going to happen to me. This man killed 40 people, but I think I can have him. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I've got this. <laughs> My friend, that is a extremely bad idea <laughs> he was found guilty and given the uh, the death penalty he refused to let his sentence be appealed and he would say in response to offers from death sentence opponents and human rights campaigners who tried to intervene I quote, the only thanks you and your kind will ever get from me for your efforts on my behalf is that I wish you all had one neck and that I had my hands on it. Wow. <laughs> like Slap that on a t-shirt. Right? Damn. <laughs> right. I'm going to put that on a t-shirt and <laughs> release it as merch. <laughs> that just has like, to have like one big hand on it. 
What giant hand? <laughs> the quote inside the hand. There you go. Like, like fuck pants ram. Show a little fucking appreciation. Like they were trying to get you off the fucking death penalty. Like literally, they were they were they were campaigning to intervene on your behalf. And he was but like, he was nope. just like, nope. Yeah, he was just like, I mean, thanks. But I, I, I want to strangle all of you. <laughs> it's just like what? <laughs> He's like, thanks, but uh, I kind of want to kill all of you right now. I, I, I just like, even though, he, like, even though you're a piece of shit, people were trying to help you. <laughs> That's just rude. <laughs> That's Carl. just rude. <laughs> Carl. <laughs> It's just rude, my man. Have some manners. <laughs> like you can unnecessary. Least, you can at least thank them, not just be like, "Fuck you, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill you." <laughs> oh dear. So Pansram would become friends with an officer called Henry Philip Lesser while on death row, and he would give him money to buy him cigarettes. Pansram was so moved by Lesser's generosity that while awaiting execution, he penned a lengthy account of his crimes and his nihilistic ideology. However, according to another source, he started chronicling two years before while in jail in Washington, D.C. Pansram would state that he categorically had no regrets for any of his actions, including his robberies, murders, rapes, and arsons yeah 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 <laughs> like but thanks for the cigarettes but thanks for this <laughs> i appreciate you god damn it i asked for marlboros these are marlboro lights god damn it god damn it philip <laughs> what the shit what the shit <laughs> give me your neck so i can strangle it. <laughs> lean over closer this way <laughs> i mean I understand one arson that he committed and that was burning down the school. Other than that, I just, I can't really, I, I can't really, I can't really vibe with Panzram. <laughs> like, no. Can't really vibe. So he released a straightforward statement, quote, in my lifetime, I have murdered 21 human beings and have committed thousands of burglaries, robberies, larcenaries, arsons and last but not least i have committed sodomy on more than 1000 male human beings for all of these things i am not in the least bit sorry what a guy absolute Good. pillar of the community it's real salt of the earth chap right like fucking hell just made his mother wouldn't... proud right you know carl pansram the the guy that you would want to have a drink with Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. September the 5th, 1930, Pantaram was sentenced to death by hanging. He allegedly spat in the face of the executioner as officers sought to throw a customary black hood over his head. And when asked for any last words, he responded, yes, hurry it up, you, you hoosier bastard. I could kill a dozen men while you're screwing around. Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> Carl. 
<laughs> right. What a dick. <laughs> They're just trying to put a fucking back hood over your head, mate. It's a bit much. <laughs> like, no one wants to see your eyes pop out right. of your head when you hang. That's right. why the bag's there. The the yeah. executioner the executioner was literally just like, I'm just trying to do my job, man. Yeah. <laughs> my feelings are a little bit hurt, Carl. I'm not going to lie, mate. <laughs> Carl is like the original Karen. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I could do this faster. I could kill so many people during this time. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Don't put that bag over my head. You're infringing on my liberties. Right. <laughs> oh, dear. What, like, what last words, though? Holy crap. Also, I don't know if I... Is it pronounced Hoser? Hoosier, yeah. Because I think... Hoosier. Hoosier, Hoosier. Hoosier, Hoosier, yeah. I think I pronounced it correctly then. Yes. So he was interred in the Leavenworth Penitentiary Cemetery with only his prison number, which was 31614, on his gravestone. And that was... The case of Carl Pandrum. What a gem. <laughs> what, what, a, what a guy. What an absolute guy. Like, just, just an absolute joy, right? Absolute joy. God. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. What a great career criminal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was like as much of a wild ride as the the case I shared with you. Yes, 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 definitely. They were both they were both pretty insane. Yeah, for for different reasons. <laughs> so many twists and turns. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I just there were just so there just, there were just so many things in this that were just just made they were just making me like it's like Carl, mate. What are you doing? Sort it out. Stop using the same same pseudonym like fucking <laughs> six times for one. Stop yep. stealing boats. Like most criminals would steal things that aren't as, I don't know, say noticeable as a yeah. fucking boat. <laughs> yeah. Don't break into the president's house. <laughs> like, Steal his doing? bonds and cash and... <laughs> and his pistol right you know man man probably wanted to try and stop you but he was stuck in the bath i think it's a bit inconsiderate (laughs) at least let him get out first have a fighting chance put some pants on (laughs) oh wow well thank you so much for coming on dom i appreciate you sharing that story with our listeners oh thank you for thank you for having me on and, and allowing me to to share it it's been it's been an absolute blast i've had a jolly good time well hello i'm dom and i'm the host of horror house true crime and the macabre horror house true crime and the macabre is a delectable delight of true crime and the macabre sprinkled with just the right amount of that dry british humor horror house can be found anywhere that you listen to podcasts and is on Instagram at Twitter at horrorhouse underscore pod and on Facebook at horrorhousepod. Episodes are released weekly on a Friday or as weekly as studying full-time and working part-time allows. So why don't you make a brew and come join me as I weave tales of horror and discomfort. Until next time, stay spooky. 
Well, on that note, as you may know on my show, we do listener questions. So mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you a listener question. Mm-hmm. So Alex, our friend Alex from the Weird Distractions podcast, yep. wants to know, if you could bitch slap a murderer that you've discussed on your show, who would it be and why? <laughs> oh, I've got, I've got so, I mean, I, ha- I know I haven't done a lot of the big hitters, but I've got, I've got a, f- a few <laughs> that, that I would, <laughs> I would gladly bitch slap or drop kick or just, I don't know, just do many things to <laughs> oh that's a good question i mean william bonin was a next level piece of shit i don't know if you're familiar with with bonin but he was he was something he was something randy craft was was a massive piece of shit I'd, I'd, i mean even jerry brudos was like horrendous oh man if i had to pick one good grief i know it's kind of a hard question it's a toss-up between bonin and craft i think like because obviously i haven't done ramirez yet and i haven't done bundy yet and i haven't done kemper yet it's it's a tie between bonin and craft i think i think i would i would gladly bitch slap both of them and take great pleasure in it that's fair (laughs) i think for mine and now I'm blanking on his name, so I might have to... Do a quick Google. Do a quick Google of who it was. God, that made me sound incredibly old. I would bitch slap Frederick Baker, who is the solicitor that murdered Fanny Adams, if you are familiar with the Fanny Adams case. I can't say I am. She was an eight-year-old girl that he basically kidnapped, lured into this like swampy area and sexually assaulted her and then dismembered her. So yeah, that guy, that's a good, a good good choice. Yeah. That guy is not great. Did you say he was a lawyer? He was a lawyer. Yes. Ooh. And he wasn't a very good one, obviously. No. Oh, good grief. So, yeah. yeah. I would I would also join in on the on the bitch slapping. <laughs> that would probably yeah. be a line and I would join the line. Yes. Well, on that note, what is something good you'd like to share? What is something good I'd like to share? I I'm going to Disney World for the first time this this August. Awesome. As a, as and I'll be thirty-one on the first day there, so first day in the Magic Kingdom is my thirty-first birthday. Awesome! You're never too old to go to Disney. Oh, I know. I'm I'm milking it, Linz. I'm getting a birthday badge. <laughs> I am. I'm I'm getting freebies now that you can have hugs and autographs. I'm having all the hugs. I'm getting all my autographs. Like I'm I'm I am. I'm going to be the biggest 31 year old child i like <laughs> i will i will yeet kids out of the way <laughs> to get my photos <laughs> like just like this 10 year old just like hey you're 10 
you can cut you can be here tomorrow <laughs> i am 31 <laughs> get out the way <laughs> you still have your whole life ahead of you let me have right. this <laughs> <laughs> go and cry to your parents timmy <laughs> you're adopted <laughs> that's amazing so, so yes, I'm very excited. In June, I am leaving to spend three months in America. Coming back in September, I'm going to be working at a summer camp in upstate New York for two months and then doing about three weeks of traveling after. So I'm going to spend some time in Pennsylvania. I'm going to spend some time in Boston, obviously Florida to, to not only do the Disney parks, but the universal parks as well and i think a few days in virginia before florida so awesome. so yeah it's going to be a very so good summer it's been three three years in the making because i was supposed to do it in 2020 we all remember what happened in 2020 yep and i was supposed to do it in 2021 but this time it would this time it didn't happen or in 2021 it didn't happen because of the ban on uk citizens entering america nobody was able gotcha. to get visas so it's been two cancelled summers and third time is the charm so there you go third time is a charm yes but yes that is my my good thing i know it's very <laughs> this is my me good thing but yeah i'm very excited that's still awesome um let's see my good thing is I got a book that um, is about forensic crimes in Agatha Christie books, Ooh. and I was told about it by the marketing associate for Sourcebooks, which is the publishing house, and they're reaching out. So I got an advanced copy, and I'm going to try to burn through it because then I mm -hmm. have an opportunity to interview the author. I'm very excited because I think it's going to be an awesome read. I'd love to have her on the show. So that was an exciting thing that kind of came through oh, this definitely. week. Definitely. So, so, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Very, very awesome. You can find us online at yieldcrimepodcast.com. We're also on Twitter at yieldcrimepod and on Instagram and Facebook at yieldcrimepodcast. We're also on YouTube. Please subscribe. We have a P.O. box. So if you'd like to send us something in the mail, you can do so at Yield Crime Podcast, P.O. Box 341, Wyoming, Minnesota, 55092. You can also email us at yieldcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Submit your listener questions, story ideas. If you'd like to do a promo swap or a review swap, let us know. A great way to support the show if you want to help us out but can't do so financially would be to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Good Pods, and you can now leave ratings on Spotify. This week's five-star review comes from Apple Podcasts from Boozed and Confused Podcast, and they say, hysterical and informative. Who knew historical crime could be so entertaining and interesting? Lindsay and Madison have perfected a new take on crime and absolutely kill it each week. Boozed and Confused, Carol Ann. Thanks, Carol Ann. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do so on Buy Me a Coffee for a one-time donation. You can also join our Patreon for as low as a dollar a month to enjoy early ad-free access to all of our content, as well as other bonus materials. 
And if you'd like to support the show by rocking some merch, head on over to our Tee Public shop where you can purchase some of our swag. And the next sale will actually be starting today. And it will go through Sunday. So you can enjoy $14 teas and everything else will be 35% off. Last but not least, we have a special giveaway going on this month. So if you head on over to the show notes, there will be a link for you to enter our May giveaway and you will have not one, not two, not three, not four, but five opportunities to enter to win one of our prize packs that include 25 winners will receive a fun sticker pack and a personalized thank you card. Five winners will receive the sticker pack, thank you card, and a mug. And our top prize winner will receive the sticker pack, thank you card, mug, a limited edition enamel pin, and an art print signed by myself and Madison. May the odds be ever in your favor. Well, on that note, as always, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Dom. And I'll see you next time with another tale. As old as crime? Yes. Yes. Awesome.